Hi everyone, welcome back. Before we get into these stories, I need to give a few warnings. These stories are extremely dark and disturbing. There's mass murder, death, domestic violence, sexual harassment. It's just, it's dark and it's got it all. Before you listen, you just need to know that. I'll try and label each story down in a pinned comment in the timestamps in case you want to avoid any of these specifically. All that being said, let's go ahead and get started. But I wanted to mention something real quick. I am running low on stories, so if you have the time and you have a scary story that maybe you've been thinking about sending, now would be the perfect time. I do still have stories that I'm currently working on, but I am starting to slowly get low. So yeah, I did want to mention that. All that being said, let's go ahead and get into the stories. And remember, to always stay hungry. I need to give a trigger warning for violent death and violence in this story. It's very graphic. I'm a guy from the UK and I'm currently 23, but I was 18 years old at the time of this story. So my parents had bought me some concert tickets for this singer that I was super into, and all three of us were going to go together. It was in a different town than where we lived, so we had planned to get onto a train there and then stay at a hotel for the night. This being a pop singer, my dad wasn't all that interested in the concert, so he would have stayed at the hotel and then come to pick us up at the end of the show. So fast forward to the end of the week. Our plans were sort of interrupted when my sister said she was going away for the whole week with her family. She had originally told my parents all about this a while back, but they thought it was at a later date. This meant that my dad would have to stay home to look after our dog when we had originally planned for the dog to stay at my sister's house. So anyways, the day of the concert comes and me and my mom travel down on the train. After looking around the city for a few hours and spending some time in our hotel, we had walked to the concert arena. Now to enter this building, you had to walk through these long wide tunnels, sort of like an underpass. These then lead to the foyer where the merch stands were. I was expecting some sort of doorway with security to get inside, as that's what I experienced at previous concerts, so I felt slightly uneasy walking in. I half-jokingly, half-serious, then told my mom, Wow, man, literally anybody can just walk in here. There were doors which led to the concert hall from the foyer, and they had staff checking bags and tickets, though the bag check wasn't thorough at all. I had a large bag with merch that I had bought, and I opened it up. He literally just glanced at the item on top, and then said I could go through. We get some food, and I buy some merch. Then we head to our seats, which were maybe about 20 rows from the back. The concert was amazing. I'd been wanting to see this person live for about 7-8 to eight years at this point. The concert eventually ends, and everybody's getting up from their seats. I start walking down the steps to the exit, and all of a sudden, we hear this loud echoing boom. It sounded like a piece of equipment had fell over. The place fell silent for about a split second, and then screams had erupted, and people were now running in every direction. That's when I then heard a girl then say, 
gunshot. My heart sinks, and my instincts then told me to run back up towards the back of the building. My mom had shouted my name, and we both stood at the walkway at the very back of the arena. Now, I've been hearing increasing news stories about shootings in America, as well as the Pulse nightclub shooting that happened nine months prior to this event. I was imagining a gunman running through and blasting everyone to smithereens. I then thought to myself, Okay, I can hide behind this railing and nobody will see me. At least, that's what I was hoping. A man then said through the microphone not to panic. Everybody's safe, and to please leave in an orderly manner. The place slowly clears out, but me and my mom stay where we are just until things calm down a little. A woman with three children who looked to be around the ages of 7 to 10 came up to us, and they asked if we knew what was going on. Right around this time, a worker from the area told us to please leave, and that we're safe. I don't think she really knew what the hell was happening at the time, but she was just following instructions to clear the building. My mom then replied back with, Uh, no. We'll leave when we feel it's safe. After some time, the arena's pretty empty by this point, and we finally head down the steps to exit. I happen to see a girl on a lower seating level. I think she's lying on the ground or she's on the chair, and I then see a paramedic beside her. I'm pretty sure she's been trampled on. My heart's still racing at this point, and I'm still thinking that there's actually a possibility I could die here. I didn't outwardly panic though, and I was trying to stay calm. I partly wanted to be a strong man for my mom, but I also feel as though I'm very level-headed and also good in a crisis. I play a lot of video games and I've read a lot of crazy stories. I'm also very paranoid, so I'm always thinking to myself, if a certain event happens, this is how I'm getting out of it. I'm the kind of guy that always sits next to the exits on the bus or trains just in case of an emergency. But I gotta be honest, I never thought something like this would happen though. Anyways, my mom is slowly looking around at this point. We're being told to move on, and I see this girl. My heart is pounding. I knew that we had to get out, and I'm trying to convince my mom that we need to go. We link arms and we walk out the exit. Going down the steps and through the exit, I see a thin cloud of gray smoke, and there's a horrible smell. I look to my left, and I see this big chunk of what appears to be a mangled torso of a human. It was all bloody, but with no head or limbs. As I was looking at it, a staff member appears, placing a cloth over the top of it. My mom sees this as well, and she grips my arm even harder, and we walk faster. There's a fire exit door that's open, and we're being ushered outside with another group of people. We finally get out, and we walk as quick as we can to try and get away from all the other people. I was then told to call my dad. I really don't remember exactly what my mom said on the phone to my dad. Something about there being an accident, but that we were alright and safe. We had held back for a while, Maybe around 30 minutes, so it must have been around 11pm when we got outside. It was pitch black, we were in a new city, and we didn't know where the hell we were. We just knew that we had to get as far away as possible. We turned the corner, and an ambulance sped right past us. 
I almost walked right into it. We were actually speed walking for a while, my heart still pounding. We were in the middle of the city. We'd exchanged a few words with each other, as well as passerbys wondering what the fuck was happening. I started to suggest that we should walk back to the hotel, but my mom didn't really feel safe doing so in the dark, so she eventually flagged down a taxi. I was really hesitant to get in that car at first, but we did end up getting safely dropped off at our hotel. As soon as we got to the hotel, we put the news on the TV immediately. So here's what happened. Apparently a bomb had been detonated and a bunch of people had died at the concert. We didn't learn everything and all the details straight away. We tried to sleep. I actually slept in the double bed with my mom. I was way too panicked to sleep alone in my single. I think I got maybe about a half an hour of sleep. We ended up keeping the news on all night, watching the whole story unfold up until the morning. My full body was totally shaking, and we both had to constantly keep going to the bathroom. There were fire trucks and ambulances constantly speeding past our hotel window. I was looking on Twitter, and everybody was talking about what had happened. I couldn't believe it was world news. There were YouTubers, celebrities, and friends from England and America and all over talking about the events. There were missing people posters being posted, and I just kept refreshing my timeline to find if there was anything new. As I said before, it was very early in the morning, maybe around 6.30 to 7 a.m., which was right around the time we went down and tried to eat breakfast, but I couldn't eat. I was wearing a hoodie I'd bought that night with the singer's face on, so everybody that saw me was staring at me and giving me sympathetic looks. Our train tickets were for around 10 to 11 a.m., but the people at the train station luckily let us get on the next one to our city. I think we got home at around 9 to 10 a.m. We didn't want to stay longer than we had to. Me and my mom were still on edge, and we were pretty much suspicious of every guy on the train with a backpack. We arrived at our home station, and there were armed police officers with the biggest guns I've ever seen in my life, like those ones you see outside of Downing Street in London. Now, for all the Americans listening to this, armed police is not something you ever see outside of London, so this was very shocking. It honestly showed just how real this shit was. I finally felt a little bit safer now that I was in my city and that there was armed police. We got home and we put on the news again, just to see if we could find out any more new information. We found out that a suicide bomber had detonated a bomb in the middle of the foyer, which was right below where me and my mom were sat at, and it was just as the concert was ending. 22 people were killed, and many more injured. Four were killed from my city. If the bomb was any stronger, or if the evil bastard waited any longer to detonate, we too could have been blown up. We watched the footage of that night of people running down the stairs, as well as all of the paramedics carrying people to the ambulance on railings, as there weren't enough stretchers available for some reason. I guess they just weren't prepared for such an event. But I also wanted to mention, that mangled corpse that I saw on the ground, that was the suicide bomber. And the smoke was from the bomb. And the bad smell? Yeah, that was from all of the people that had been blown up. 
I still get chills thinking about the fact that as soon as I walked into that building, my instincts told me that something wasn't right. If my dad had went with us, he would have been standing at that foyer at the end of the night, waiting for us to come out. And if it weren't for my dog, my dad would be dead right now, or seriously injured. I truly believe that my dog saved my dad that night, and that he was truly never meant to come with us. We got our dog when I was very little. We grew up together. He actually died a few years back at the age of 16. We continued watching the news about the victims and their families. Memorials and such were held, and we watched. I don't think I left my bed for about a whole week, besides for the toilet and food, as my body was just in such shock. It just didn't feel real. I later got free tickets to a fundraiser event that they were doing about a week or two later. I really wanted to go, but I was way too scared to attend a concert so soon, just in case it happened again. I was already a very anxious person, but my anxiety and paranoia was through the roof for a good couple of years after that event. If anybody put a bag or suitcase on the floor or walked away from it, I would always panic. I probably had some sort of PTSD, and I also found it hard to play violent or scary video games for a long time. It's been over five years now. I rarely think about the events of that night now, and I now have very little anxiety compared to what I used to have. If you want to know more about that night, just Google Ariana Grande Manchester bombing. It was a huge deal. You really never think something like this will happen to you. I never thought I'd ever be involved in a terrorist attack. That's just stuff from the TV. But the truth is, it happened. And it truly was horrifying. I'm going to be going by the name K for my safety. This happened in 2018. My mom had a very long battle with drug addiction and making poor decisions. She was married at least three times, and her third marriage was to a hell's angel. I'm not sure if you all know who they are or not, but they're a very dangerous biker gang here in California. They're known for crimes like drug dealing, trafficking and stolen goods, gun running, extortion, as well as prostitution operations. From my knowledge behind the scenes, also murder. Anyway, I always hated this man. For the story, I'll call him Jay. Jay would purposely antagonize me and try to make me angry because he knew that I hated him. He was very physically and mentally abusive to my mom, and he even went as far as to break her cheekbone once. She wouldn't go to the hospital for this injury because he wouldn't allow her to due to his inability to get any more strikes for physical violence, or else he'd go back to prison. Well, on May 3rd, 2018, I got a text from my mom, who was supposed to be clean at this time. She was rambling on about how she was going to leave Jay, and how she would never hurt herself, and that if anything bad happened to her, I needed to know that it was someone else that did it, and she would never do anything to hurt herself. She also told me not to text that number again, because it was Jay's phone, and she had to give it back to him. She told me she would be in touch once she got away and got a new phone. At this point, I'm just thinking that she's probably just strung out on another bench, and she had no idea what she's talking about. Now, as a child of a drug addict mother, I'm really used to different numbers for each call or text, as well as the occasional disappearance for months at a time. 
but on May 8th, 2018, I found myself sitting in the kitchen having lunch with my roommate when my phone rings, only to see Jay's name appear on my screen. I didn't know what I was expecting, but I immediately felt sick because I really hated him and I didn't care to hear his voice, but something had pushed me to answer. When I did answer, I heard this fake-ass pathetic sad voice over the phone telling me my mother's dead now and that it was an overdose. I fell to the floor, crying and screaming. Another thing I want to add, as a child of a drug-addicted parent, it feels like you're always waiting for that call, but when you finally do get it, it hurts way more than you ever could have imagined. As time goes on, I'm contacted by an investigator who I didn't share any information with. As months after my mom's death, I found out I was pregnant. It wasn't just me anymore. I also had my new baby to think about. And the Hells Angels aren't anyone you want to mess with. So to keep myself and my baby safe, I decided to keep this information all to myself. But I did still keep all the texts from her leading up to this event. I later found out that all the drugs in her system were actually all prescriptions that belonged to Jay. I'm not sure if I'll ever actually know what happened to my mother, but either way, my children will never know their grandmother, and for that, I hate them more now than I ever did before. The story happened in 2018. It was 4.30pm on a sunny Friday afternoon. I was going to the city that night to hang out with friends as I occasionally did. My dad dropped me off at the train station, and I walked towards the platform. While I was walking the short distance, I realized that there was a number of people standing outside of the station, which usually meant that the train was cancelled and that we'd have to get to a bus instead. But just to make sure that was the case, I walked into the start of the platform and towards the middle where all of the information boards were. The platforms on both sides were completely empty, which was pretty unusual for this time of the day. I can't remember what the information boards actually said, but it probably didn't explain why everyone was outside. I was confused now, and I walked back outside of the station. There were absolutely no announcement for delays, cancellations, or bus replacements, so I looked around at the people all standing about trying to figure out what the hell was going on. I don't remember when all these things happened, but police cars then began showing up. There were at least five of them, and two or three ambulances. There was also a middle-aged woman talking to a police officer. She appeared shaken, though I didn't know why. Then, I heard her say, I, I really don't know how to explain it. He just jumped right in front of it. At this, I started to realize something bad had happened. I realized somebody had probably jumped right in front of a train. I got there probably only a minute or two after it happened. I finally got the courage to ask a couple of teenagers, Hey, do you guys know what happened here? One of them confirmed it was what I had thought. Someone jumped in front of a train. What looked like detectives then showed up after a while, dressed in black and holding folders and paperwork. There was also a detective taking photographs of the train tracks where I'd walked past just before so I had unknowingly walked past what was certainly a ghastly sight of a dead body that had just been hit by a train. 
I'm honestly surprised that nobody stopped me from walking onto the platform. I never heard about this incident on the news. Maybe because of some laws regarding reporting suicides. I don't know. In any case, I'm glad that I didn't look onto the train tracks. Because I just know seeing that would have really scarred me for life. This happened a few months ago when me and my mother went to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee for a three-day Christmas getaway. We had a great time at the first hotel, which was like a Christmas fantasy land. There were cookies and hot cocoa every night in the sitting area on the first floor. There was also instrumental Christmas music playing softly all day and night, all throughout the halls, and there were also decorated floors. It was honestly a place that I would want to live in. I even joked to my mom, saying to her, Yeah, let's just not go back home and see if they rent the rooms for a whole year. I mean, we could probably afford it, and I'll get a job working the front desk. My mom laughed, and she then replied back to me with, While it would be nice to live in a Christmas-themed hotel forever, I really hate the cold air, and I don't want to spend every freezing day outside to have a smoke break. Besides, I'd really miss our home in Florida a lot more if that was the case. The second day we left this hotel and we went to another. It was way less fancy. It wasn't as pretty as the first one. It was run down, had chipping paint, and a lot of weird people. Like, it seemed like there were druggies and homeless people. We were on the third floor though, so that made me feel good. I thought that we would be safe from any of the freaks and creeps below. Oh, how wrong I was. We had to get our boarding passes to walk home the next day, and my mom was really tired from walking around downtown all afternoon. So I offered to go to the lobby and print out the boarding passes on the hotel's computer and printer setup. She agreed, but before I left, she had gave me her pocket knife for protection, and she told me the way to open it if someone tried anything. She also handed me some money to get some snacks and soda for the morning, right before we'd go to the airport. I took the hotel room key, and I journeyed down the elevator to the doors that led to the outside. I saw a large black man on the corner, and he was smoking. I didn't pay him any attention. I just walked into the parking lot to avoid him. What happened next still gives me the creeps. The man then said, Damn girl, you look fine as hell. I'd really love a piece of that fine ass. His voice startled me, and I jerked my head to look at him. It was in the dimly lit light, and he was looking straight at me with a very creepy smile on his face. I rolled my eyes and just walked on, then muttering, what a creep, under my breath. I printed out the boarding passes at the lobby's computer, and after grabbing them from the printer, I looked at the doors leaning outside to where I was sure the creeper still was. I swallowed hard and walked out, and before anyone asks me, why didn't your mom do it herself? Or why not ask someone in the lobby to escort you to the back? Well one, my mom isn't really good with computers, and two, the lobby was deserted, safe for me. I started to trek back when I saw the same creepy guy. I tried to ignore him, but I then heard him follow me. He was saying really disgusting things like, Hey, come here, baby girl. Daddy wants a piece of that little white ass. Come on, baby. Let me show you a good time. 
I panicked, but I then remembered the knife, and I spun around pulling it out, and then flicking the blade out, now screaming. Buzz the fuck off before I make you look like Freddy Krueger. Or worse. I'm not afraid of you. Leave me the fuck alone. He paused and back away, before then walking off. Then muttering under his breath. <laughs> You're lost, bitch. I ran all the way back to my room, telling my mom everything. She phoned the front desk furious, and they just blew her off, saying it wasn't their problem. The police weren't much help either. They said that unless the man actually tried anything, there really wasn't much they could do. We went to bed, but my mom told me to keep the blade just in case. The next morning, we got on our lift to the airport. Our driver's name was Jamal, and when the car pulled up, I saw the same creepy guy from the night before. My mom said to get in the passenger seat, and I froze. Are you kidding me? Sit up front with the creepy pervert? No way. I did so anyway because we were running behind though, and we didn't want to miss the flight. Jamal looked really happy for this seating arrangement, and as we drove, he literally profusely missed turns for the airport. He began making very disgusting remarks and gestures towards me, all while looking at me and licking his lips. My mom was disgusted, but kept quiet. Not me, though. Very fed up, I had showed him the blade in my pocket, and I then said in a sweet tone, Sir, we're going to miss our flight. Please hurry. He looked at me with a furious glare, but complied. After we finally got to the airport, my mom handed him a $10 bill for the tip, and he looked at it in disgust, saying, That's it? That's all I fucking get? My mom just nodded, wishing him a Merry Christmas before hustling me into the airport. We made it to our flight and got back home. So you're not going to believe this. Apparently this man showed up on the news and he had apparently picked up two other girls right after us and he raped and killed the both of them. He ended up getting arrested and caught, but I don't really know what else happened as far as getting convicted. To think that he might have done the same thing to me either that night in the parking lot or on the drive to the airport. I'm so glad that my mom gave me that blade. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone. And remember, to always, stay.